Welcome to Quills and Cliffhangers, the podcast that reviews the best of vintage and modern literature. Quills and Cliffhangers is produced by Steve's Book Decor, your resource for decorative book sets for home, office, and weddings. And now, the host of our program, Jane, our Director of Marketing, with today's show. Hello everyone. Recently, we found a lovely vintage edition of Jane Eyre by Charlotte Bronte. Charlotte and her sisters, Anne and Emily, grew disillusioned with the limited career opportunities available to 19th century women. They decided to write novels in the hope of earning their living as authors. When Charlotte published Jane Eyre in 1847, it is unlikely that she foresaw her novel becoming a mega-hit that remains in print more than 170 years later. This classic story combines the traditional romance novel with gothic elements of the supernatural. The atmosphere of the story varies from lively and upbeat to somber and eerie. Occasionally, when the heroine peeks around a corner in a creepy old mansion, the reader wonders if a ghost will appear. Here is an example from Jane Eyre's new life as a governess. Thornfield, my new home after I left school, was, I found, a fine old battlemented hall, and Mrs. Fairfax, who had answered my advertisement, a mild elderly lady, related by marriage to Mr. Rochester, the owner of the estate, and the guardian of Adela Varenne, my little pupil. It was not till three months after my arrival there that my adventures began. One day, Mrs. Fairfax proposed to show me over the house, much of which was unoccupied. The third story especially had the aspect of a home of the past, a shrine of memory. I liked its hush and quaintness. If there were a ghost at Thornfield Hall, this would be its haunt, said Mrs. Fairfax, as we passed the range of apartments on our way to see the view from the roof. I was pacing through the corridor of the third floor on my return, when the last sound I expected in so still a region struck my ear. A laugh, distinct formal, mirthless. At first it was very low, but it passed off in a clamorous peal that seemed to wake an echo in every lonely chamber. Mrs. Fairfax, I called out, did you hear that laugh? Who is it? Some of the servants, very likely, she answered, perhaps Grace Poole. The laugh was repeated in a low tone and terminated in an odd murmur. 
the heroine, Jane Eyre, is blessed with remarkable inner strength and the courage to speak her mind. This story is about her quest for freedom, financial independence, and a safe environment in which she can love and be loved. While pondering an offer of marriage from her cousin, the heroine anguishes over the role of women in Victorian society. I could not help it. The restlessness was in my nature. It agitated me to pain sometimes. Then my sole relief was to walk along the corridor of the third story, backwards and forwards safe in the silence and solitude of the spot, and allow my mind's eye to dwell on whatever bright visions rose before it, and certainly they were many and glowing, to let my heart be heaved by the exultant movement, and, best of all, to open my inward ear to a tale that was never ended a tale my imagination created and narrated continuously quickened with all of incident, life, fire, feeling, that I desired and had not in my actual existence. It is in vain to say human beings ought to be satisfied with tranquility. They must have action, and they will make it if they cannot find it. Millions are condemned to a stiller doom than mine, and millions are in silent revolt against their lot. Nobody knows how many rebellions besides political rebellions ferment in the masses of life which people earth. Women are supposed to be very calm generally, but women feel just as men feel. They need exercise for their faculties and a field for their efforts as much as their brothers do. They suffer from too rigid a restraint, too absolute a stagnation, precisely as men would suffer, and it is narrow-minded in their more privileged fellow creatures to say that they ought to confine themselves to making puddings and knitting stockings, to playing on the piano and embroidering bags. It is thoughtless to condemn them or laugh at them, if they seek to do more or learn more than custom has pronounced necessary for their sex. Jane Eyre falls in love with a handsome, broodingly secretive man named Rochester. The conclusion of the story reveals that she has achieved a state of equality with her husband, a startling concept in the 19th century. I have now been married ten years. I know what it is to live entirely for and with what I love best on earth. I hold myself supremely blessed, blessed beyond what language can express, because I am my husband's life as fully as he is mine. No woman was ever nearer to her mate than I am, ever more absolutely bone of his bone and flesh of his flesh. 
I know no weariness of my Edward's society. He knows none of mine, any more than we each do of the pulsation of the heart that beats in our separate bosoms. Consequently, we are ever together. To be together is for us to be at once as free as in solitude, as gay as in company. We talk, I believe, all day long. To talk to each other is but a more animated and an audible thinking. All my confidence is bestowed on him. All his confidence is devoted to me. We are precisely suited in character. Perfect concord is the result. Thanks for tuning in. On behalf of Steve's Book Decor, I look forward to visiting with you again. Until next time, remember to keep your nose in a book and your thoughts in the clouds. The Quills and Cliffhangers podcast is produced by Steve's Book Decor, sellers of fine collectible antique and vintage books. Our store is open 24-7 for your shopping convenience at www.stevesbookdecor.etsy.com.